1: Yes, it is Sunday morning on the fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. Mr. Minko, it's always a pleasure to see you on it, Sunday morning. You know what?
2: They always say, and you've heard this expression, timing is everything. And here I make this appearance on, on a Sunday morning, and I haven't been on this shift in quite a long time. And it's it's the timing is right. It is a good thing that I'm here to monitor this program and actually officiate this program Because this is the busiest program in the history of the empire. And how long have you been here doing this? You don't know that?
1: I'm shocked that you. We started, I know, uh, it, we started year 26 of this program January 2nd of this year. That's right. We had the fully catered party, and, <laughs> and, and,
2: and, I, and I I missed that. Yes, but, and thank you to the program but, 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 director. But, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> and, but, but, you know, I'm here to monitor everything, and it got off to a, a little bit of a slow start, so I'm a little bit disappointed in my, you know, contribution, but I'm, I'm sure things will pick up here.
1: Listen, this is going to be a very busy show, and this is something that uh, topic-wise is going to cover a lot of different areas because we're going to be talking about um, AAU and talking about some of the interesting initiatives that AAU has become involved in, including talking about the Urban Initiative Program. We have a plethora of guests who are joining us in the course of our uh, program, too. I'm very pleased as well on Sunday morning, because this doesn't happen often enough uh, with this program, as far as I'm concerned, that we start off our program with guests who are actually in studio with us uh, this morning, uh, starting this portion of the program in studio, Joe Mirza, who is CFO, National Treasurer of AAU. Um, first of all, it's nice to have you uh, join us on our, our program, uh, Joe. And uh, As a matter of fact, as I understand, you actually had um, flown in Normally, you were in Chicago, uh, Illinois. That's correct. So welcome to this part of the country. Thank you for having me. All right. We got to get you a little closer to that microphone there, Thank you. Okay. Uh, Jim Fox, who is um, governor with AAU uh, New York. Jim, nice to have you join us. Good morning. And Joe Arminio, who is registrar with AAU New York. Good morning. morning. Thanks for having us. Nice to have, have you join us as well. There's so many different areas to go in the discussion. We were talking a little bit before uh, we started this portion of the program, and as I mentioned, other guests can join us in studio and by phone over the course of the next couple of hours of our program. I say AAU or AAU sports. Do most people have a clue as to exactly
3: what that covers? I don't think so. Uh, uh, to start off, uh, let's just a little bit about the history of the AU. The AU was uh, created in 1888 right here in New York City mm-hmm. at the New York Athletic Club. So our history is uh, from New York City. Uh, it was created for uh, New York Athletic Club to be able to compete against uh, Chicago University Club, the Philadelphia Club, Boston, all the different clubs, while they had programming Uh, within and competition within their uh, system, ecosystem, they weren't participating against other cities. So the AAU was created initially to have that available to them. Over the years, uh, uh, the AAU came to represent most amateur sports throughout the United States, and until uh, 1978, we represented the United States on several sports uh, for the Olympic Committee. In 1978 we divested ourselves from our Olympic sports and we became a grassroots-based program where we serve uh, on an annual basis. Uh, We have about 750 to 800,000 members with a 150,000 volunteer base across the United States. Our uh, programs have 42 different sports administrated from all levels, from beginning level, from uh, to the elite, to the continuing level of programming. So it's quite a, a broad, uh, quite a large, quite a open, quite a uh, uh, phenomenal program that I think that we have across the whole United States, in every state, in every territory. And part of the work
1: of AAU involves partnering with
3: communities? This is a program that we've uh, embarked on uh, several years ago, about five years ago. Uh, our whole, our whole uh, thought pattern was that we, in, in our opinion, run one of the best amateur sports programs in the country. But when we visit a community, we bring events to a community, we look at the community, uh, we come in there, we say it's a great place to run a championships. Our athletes come, they participate, they leave. The the Convention and Visitors Bureau is happy. Mm -hmm. Hotels are happy. Restaurants are happy. Bars are happy. But when we leave, nobody really knows that we were here except those people. So part of our thought was we need to be giving back to the community. We need to do something that uh, says, hey, we were here. Make an impact on the community. So several years back, we embarked on several different projects. One of them, which uh, I'm uh, very intimately involved with, which is called the Urban and the County Initiative, where we bring together the youth of the community in a very safe uh, environment for them to participate in sports. And we do this in cooperation and actually in partnership with... uh, uh, community organizations, law enforcement, faith-based organizations, uh, city, uh, uh, municipality, uh, government organizations. So we were here to create relationships, and not only just between the AAU and these agencies and these organizations, but to help develop relationships between the youth of the community, the underprivileged, underserved youth in a community and us, and the community—it's our—it's—it's—it's it's, it's our common ground. It's the bond. It's the thread through 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 which we can uh, basically have these people come and join us. Sports, which is what we offer.
1: How successful
3: has that been? Very yes. successful, very successful. Uh, it takes uh, it takes effort to get this rolling, to get it to get the initial inertia. Mm-hmm. to get to initial inertia but once once the community sees uh the programs and once the uh for the organizations that are involved with us once they see uh, how effective and how uh, engaging this is with the community they come on board one hundred percent you know well let's let's not say hundred percent let's say they come on board very strongly with us they
4: they kind of take on uh a life of their own once we get them going um like joe was saying we started up in albany um i took the program down into brooklyn uh, in you know not a great area and uh worked with the police department and uh the first program we got going was actually flag football because that was well as they say the low-hanging fruit it was easy to get going uh wasn't a lot involved we needed a field we didn't have to get a gym or anything right and it worked really well now
1: where in brooklyn
4: was this um brooklyn north okay all the precincts in uh, brooklyn north um so it uh it worked really well Uh, we started with six teams halfway into it uh we had so many kids by the time we started up the second season each precinct had their own team so we had 12 teams in brooklyn north um then it Went into basketball. We're actually starting our third basketball season in March. Um, and, you know, everything just moves on from the next person. Uh, one of the people we were working with there moved into community affairs. So now he's taking us into Queens, and we're going to be starting a soccer program in Queens, working with them hopefully uh, coming up in April. Um, and while I was there, uh, we met with people. Just accidentally with the um, American Clergy Leadership Conference, I had a meeting with them, uh, and in my meeting with them, you know, I was trying to explain to them the programs, and someone was there, and they said I was at one of the things in Brooklyn. I, you know, I really didn't know about it, and uh, they gave us you know, a rousing okay to get going, and from there we've uh, have a program starting up in March and. Los Angeles, um, working with uh, another program that we're trying to get started in uh, South Carolina. So we're trying to, you know, broaden our horizons and move out. And, not you no, know, it's not just a New York program. It's taken on a life of its own through communicating with different people.
1: This idea of the uh, there being this interaction, um, I, I want to use the word, and correct me if I'm incorrect in using this, uh, almost a partnership between cops and kids, uh, what's yeah. that like? What's what's it, it, the reaction to that? It's great. I was I
5: I was, um, I, I, I was in, my first career was in federal law enforcement, and quite frankly, I did you know I was in those areas where we're in now, in another capacity. Now I see the police officers serving as coaches, as referees, and uh, with kids, and they both both the kids and the police officers get to know each other on a much deeper and, and more friendly and more of an understanding of each other. And I think that goes so much to, you know, community policing. But what the, what the leadership in the Brooklyn North NYPD has done is they've created great communication and greater, greater understanding. This t- goes so much further than sports. Sports is the vehicle. Right. So if that's the case...
1: You can kind of build on that kind of partnership in establishing that connection. Could that lead to other things in a positive fashion?
5: Absolutely. You know, I, I look at it and if a police officer, you know, or, or say a young a young teenager sees a police officer, he's not going to maybe see him as the enemy or some kind of thing. And he might see him as maybe I know him mm-hmm. and maybe violence and – disruption can be avoided. Maybe somebody's lives could be solved, saved. Excellent. All right. We're going to take a pause in our discussion.
1: A um, few messages, Mr. Minko's update. Um, get back into our discussion as well as we continue this Sunday morning. Radio- Well, good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. We are in a discussion talking about the work of AAU. We're talking about AAU, AAU sports, um, so many different areas where we're going to go. As I said at the beginning of our discussion, we started just after Mr. Minko's 6 o'clock update. There's so many areas to go in discussion. In studio with us, um, Joe Mirza, who is National AAU Treasurer, Jim Fox, New York Metro uh, Governor. Uh, Joe Arminio was in studio with us. He stepped out for a moment. Uh, he's New York Metro uh, Registrar. Uh, stepping in to uh, join the discussion in studio is uh, Reverend Leander Hardaway. He is a New York Metro uh, Lieutenant uh, Governor. He has been a guest on uh, this program previously, a friend from many years back. Nice to uh, see you again and have you join us on our program. Good morning, Leander. Thanks, Bob. Glad to be here. And thank you for your help in establishing this program. This is, program literally has been in the works here for a number of weeks. We had just had to wait to the point where we had enough time to be able to have a real discussion of the length that is necessary for uh, this kind of a chat. Um, Joe, I'll tell you what. Why don't you introduce the guest who is joining us by phone on
3: our program, uh, Shannon. Shannon. Uh, well, uh, we have an, we have uh, joining us uh, Shannon Bruce. She is a uh, instructor for uh, a program that's called Fire, and I'll let her explain that. She is a, uh, a for, she's an athlete or former athlete. That was a world medalist in in the sport of karate. She has a master's uh, degree in uh, sports psychology as well as a bachelor's degree in sports kinesiology. She's been conducting this program. Uh, which deals with uh, uh, empowerment, uh, for lack of, uh, for, for 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 a general description, empowerment of women and empowerment of, of people and programming. So,
1: and uh, Fire stands for it's fight, identity, resist, escape. Escape. That That's is the correct. the acronym with that. Uh, Shannon, first of all, good morning. Welcome to our program here on WFAN.
6: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: It's nice to have you uh, join us. Uh, can you give us a little bit of an idea of how it is that you describe um, the FIRE program, first of all?
6: Absolutely. So, uh, like you said, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the acronym is the amount of seminars that we host and uh, that are customized for different situations that uh, we're against women is kind of the common denominator. And so... The acronym is FIGHT, IDENTIFY, RESIST, and escape. So the entire program itself is customized to, like Joe said, empower women to defend themselves in a multitude of attack situations. So we use a combination of awareness, education, and uh, physical self-defense tactics in each of the phases uh, to cater to a specific theme uh, in terms of violence against women. Oh, so, you know. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I guess, what's the actual origin of this program? How did this get started?
6: Absolutely. So, uh, like Joe said, I am a former AAU athlete for um, the karate a- area of AAU, and so uh, my family owns a martial arts facility, and we have always had a passion for women's self defense, and uh, we utilized our um, our our martial arts background and just our passion for uh, creating awareness for violence against women and created this program to cater to our community uh, where we're from and to increase that awareness of violence against women and to teach women to defend themselves. So we Run a lot of seminars where we are from, and we now are looking to spread it and spread this knowledge and this passion of ours and this just this program uh, across the board. And you know, with the urban initiative, looking to bring in um, passionate community members to help us perpetuate that message. So it came; it was the brainchild of our our family's uh, facility, and then just with a lot of the. Ah, uh, help from the connections we have with the AEU and Joe Mirza and a lot of uh, the people that we've come in contact with. It was able to become what it is today.
1: And when you're talking about this, the fire program, um, how has this been received? When you've been able to introduce this to people, what what sort of questions come up?
6: We do mean with the uh, participants that we run the seminar with. Yes. With. Yes. Well, we have a lot of uh, questions about sexual assault, and uh, we end up getting quite a few questions about like the legal side of against women, and and also just a lot of things, a lot of questions that have to do with prevention or what they can do to uh, protect themselves. Not necessarily just physically, but. in their everyday life. So, those are the, the majority of the questions we get is just wanting more knowledge and asking us how they can implement what we're teaching them into everyday life, whether it's just walking on the street or dealing with um, disgruntled um, co workers or anything along the lines of that. They, they just are hungry for more information.
1: And, I mean, what do you say when somebody says how can they incorporate this into everyday life?
6: Well, aside from, us, it, you know, it depends on the specific uh, seminar that we run. Like I said, the, um, the four different seminars are uh, created for specific types of scenarios. But uh, we give them as much information as possible uh, I do have a a background in um, women's advocacy, so uh, I'm a rape crisis counselor, and so a lot of the, if I have a lot of our um, participants that might open up to me about um, past assaults or their fear of future assaults, you know, I give them as much as I can in terms of, just information about how to keep themselves safer, and then also on the other end, how to handle and cope with any type of assault that they may have experienced beforehand, or you know God forbid happens in the future so uh, you know we we give a lot of ideas in terms of just staying awake really in in their everyday life so. Um, it's really easy to get distracted in, in our life the way that it is. So whether it's walking on the street and um, trying to stay more present and just aware of their surroundings um, to, you know, if they're in a, uh, a work environment where they're being <clears throat> manipulated or there's someone that's demonstrating behavior that um, could be a precursor to some kind of assault, whether it be harassment or a full-on assault. We're, we're really just teaching women to stay awake and to be aware of all the different faces that uh, assault and uh, violence against women has.
1: Okay. Uh, Joe Mirza, you want to jump in with a question? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, the FIRE program is basically... is. Utilizing awareness, education, and and physical defense tactics to help women, and and the key the key to this is awareness. Key to this is awareness and understanding your surrounding. Uh, the key to this is to understand the situation and be able to cope with the situation. And this is what the fire program and the different phases of it works with the, with the, with the people that are involved in it. The, the physical uh, movements are very important, obviously, mm-hmm. but however. It's, uh, it's a lot safer to not to walk into a situation or put yourself in a situation. That is much more important than physically being able to get out of it. Because, again, sometimes uh, you're, you're put forward to you know, very strong uh, uh, or very bad situations where your uh, assaulter is uh, considerably uh, stronger than you are, has a greater advantage because they have intent and malice in them already to start with. So the whole idea of, of the fire program is to teach awareness and to, to understand uh, where, uh, you know, not to be. It's just as important as being able to defend yourself when you are into that situation. Our, our whole goal in this program, in, in the Urban Initiative, and specifically in, in Harlem where we're going to be uh, starting this program uh, very shortly uh, doing this, is to is to bring the program and and teach it to the community leaders to the to the different instructors within a community so rather than us coming the, the, the AAU's idea is to create you know you were talking about partnerships mm-hmm. before it's not only to create partnership but also to to have relationships created within a community our goal is to bring in my goal is to bring in our instructors that are already doing this teach the program give them give them the curriculum teach them the skills, test them, certify them that they're able to do this, teach the community, and have the community leaders go out and teach the program within their community. So what we're looking to do is not to just to come in and do a clinic for about 50 people or 100 people. We want to teach 50 instructors. We want to teach 100 instructors who are going to reach out 100 each, who are going to reach out 100 each. So that is our goal. And that is the, the plan that uh, we've been working with, uh, with, uh, with the Reverend Hardaway and with, uh, with the Redemption Center for us to get a program started like this. And it's coming to fruition very soon.
5: Mm.
1: And Shannon, this has got to be, well, I'm assuming um, from the standpoint of your background, what you've shared with us, it, it's got to be very rewarding work.
6: Oh, absolutely. The, you know, like Joe was saying, it, it's it's rewarding on a multitude of levels because with the increase of awareness about um, with, excuse me, with violence against women, we are empowering women who are taking these seminars. Who, you know, they come in uh, and they're a lot of times they're they're timid or they don't really know how to respond. Especially my background, knowing that. Um, Statistically speaking, the majority of them have experienced assault before, um, and then when they leave, just the sense of empowerment that they have is incredible. And we do teach where uh, the best way to do this is just to not, uh, is to find ways to avoid situations and not um, fight, but what to, um, but to have the skills to fight if they need to. So creating that awareness to just avoid these situations or diffuse situations and to keep themselves safe that way. Uh, But then, so our program isn't just empowering the women that are taking our program, it's also empowering these instructors because they now get to experience this gratifying aspect where they see women just come to life and, again, they have a a role in creating more awareness throughout the community and getting more people to care and uh, pay attention to the issue that is violence against
7: women in any community.
6: So getting more people involved and creating that awareness and then having that common goal of empowering each other is going to be... There's going to be an astounding uh, response to that. So on the level of the participants that we see just on an individual basis is extremely gratifying, but then also being able to spread that and seeing more instructors experience empowerment themselves and then feel just kind of on fire when they're seeing um, their own participants becoming empowered. So it's it's gratifying on just a multitude of, of levels.
1: All right. Uh, Reverend Hardaway, do you want to... Just make a quick comment.
8: Uh, I just wanted to ask Shannon, um, do you find that people that have entered the program that may have been attacked before, um, this, this the, the skills that are acquired become a gateway into dealing with the trauma that's associated with being attacked? Because long after you develop some physical skills or whatever, the trauma that, that, that comes about as a result of being attacked stays with people for years, whether they're male or female. All right, Absolutely. Shannon, hold that
1: thought because I'll tell you what we're going to do sure. here. I want you to be able to have time to give the uh, complete answer on that. we got to sure. take a pause for sports updates, some messages. Um, we'll come back, um, get into your answer. and continue in our discussion here because we have a lot more to go in uh, the course of this discussion. Um, Shannon has joined us. She's a FIRE program instructor. FIRE stands for Fight Identity Resist Escape. We'll pick up with her as we come back on our program. An interesting discussion. We're covering a lot of things about AAU sports, um, some of the AAU Urban Initiative uh, program as well, and we just scratched the surface of exactly where we're going to go in this discussion on our program on the fan this Sunday morning. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Solter, a busy program this Sunday morning. By the way, I hope by now you have downloaded the radio.com app. You know, it has that neat feature to it. And believe me, I've been using this myself, where you can literally listen to any WFAN program that you may have missed over the past 24 hours. Could be this show, could be another one of the shows on the station. It's really a cool thing to have. You can actually listen to radio on your own time. Kind of a neat thing. Miss something? Go back. Check it out. I do it all the time. But get that radio.com app. Download it literally today. Well, we have a busy show. We're talking about um, AAU Sports, in New York Metropolitan Area, um, so many different other things that we're getting into in discussion. We have guests who are in studio with us, um, guests joining us by phone. Joe Mirza, who is CFO National Treasurer of AAU, uh, National Chairman AAU Karate. Um, Jim Fox, who's Governor AAU New York. Joe Arminio was in studio with us earlier. He's Registrar AAU New York, Reverend Leander Hardaway. Lieutenant Governor, AAU New York, have all been in studio in the course of uh, this hour so far. We have another guest who's going to join us as we move into the 7 o'clock hour in studio with us. We have
3: uh, by phone a guest who has joined us as well. Joe? Yes, we have Shannon Harris, uh, from Chicago. She is an uh, instructor for the FIRE program. She's a member of the AAU and uh, one of our... Uh, premier athletes and coaches uh, within our program. Okay. Now,
1: Shannon, Leander had asked you a question a short time ago um, surrounding this uh, question dealt with uh, trauma, um, and I'd like you to have time to be able to respond to that. Could you give us your response now?
6: Sure, absolutely. So uh, when we are teaching these programs, you know, statistically speaking, that we know going into it that at least half to not more of these women have experienced some kind of violence or harassment or uh, anything along that line uh, before. And so going into that, you know, there, there's, this, there's this side of prevention and, and teaching women who have not been assaulted to prepare them for, God forbid, that does happen in their future, but it also is very important for women who have already been assaulted because we we refer to it as giving them their power back, and it helps them cope. It helps them feel stronger about it because a lot of times women experience guilt for being assaulted, and them learning self-defense or learning awareness, um, they kind of feel like I said, they have, they have their power back. And so it's a really, it's a great way for them to cope. And it gives them a sense of, of, uh, empowerment and feeling that they have more control over their lives. And so we see that a lot with women who have been, uh, assaulted before that. they, They kind of come out of themselves and they feel more empowered and they feel uh, like they have more uh, strength in their life and that they can kind of overcome this piece of their past um, with the physical techniques that we give them, but also just that sense of self and that sense of strength that that they're receiving uh, from the program.
1: Well, thank you very much for uh, joining us on our program as well as sharing some some of the information about the FIRE program. Certainly, um, good luck continued with your work, um, but it sounds like very rewarding and some fascinating things that you are involved in. Congratulations.
6: Thank you very much.
1: Well, on our program uh, this Sunday morning, as I've mentioned, we have a number of guests who are going to join us by phone as we continue to explore some of the things that are going on involving AAU Sports, some of the AAU Urban Initiative, uh, Urban and Community Initiative uh, program as well. Uh, next up, in terms of a phone guest, Leander, would you introduce our next guest?
8: Uh, yes, I'm pleased to uh, introduce uh, Miss Rokisha Ford. We had an opportunity uh, about a year ago to install a martial arts program in a public school in Harlem, and um, I'd had a very interesting interview with her, but when I had her, I would, when I had a chance to listen to her speak to the kids, she spoke very powerfully about the program that was created by uh, Reverend Winley that she's the deputy director of, and she spoke to the kids about trauma and the effects of trauma. And I'd never really heard adults talk to kids about trauma, and so what happens is it's an excellent piece that leads into what we're doing with the fire uh, piece because what happens is um, the, um, the Living Redemption Youth Opportunity Hub really deals with young people who have been injured and them taking back their power as kids so that they can function effectively in society. So I'm I'm honored to be able to introduce Ms. Fort.
1: Rokisha. good morning. Welcome to WFAN.
8: Hello. Good morning, everyone. It's nice
1: to have you uh, join us on our program today. How do you describe what Living Redemption Youth Opportunity Hub is all about?
7: Well, the Living Redemption Youth Opportunity Hub, which was founded in 2017 by Reverend Maurice Winley, it was really a response to an increased justice involvement um, for young people in Central and West Harlem. We're actually funded through the District Attorney's Office, and we have what is called a Credible Messenger-Led Transformative Mentoring Program, and Credible Messengers are people who are from the community, um, and they're deeply rooted in the community, and they have undergone their own um, transformation and are now in position to impact the community in a positive way. Um, And these are what we call credible messengers, and they implement a transformative mentoring approach to dealing with and embracing young people and helping them through their own journey of healing and transformation. Um, And we do this by involving them in a numerous amount of programs and um, um, aligning them with different resources. As, as they go through this journey.
1: What has been the reaction to the work of the organization?
7: Well, the reaction is we have every day coming through our doors um, through um, the referrals from friends and families. We have right now, um, over a course of two years, we have over 400 young people in their families that we're serving. Um, and the impact has been great because we've also seen and are part of a lot of these young people, as I said, going through this transformation and this healing process and re identifying themselves um, as positive members in the community, um, as instead of just being in a community that they're taking from, that they're now giving back to the community in which they live.
5: Hmm.
1: Now, the specific situation that um, Reverend Hardaway referenced, that idea of talking about trauma to kids, you know, when he first said that, my immediate reaction was, eh, what's the reaction of the kids going to be uh, to that? But how do you, I guess, how do you phrase that with them, I guess, to kind of capture them? in their attention in the right way? Or do you need to?
7: Well, the intention of talking about and discussing trauma with young people is to let them understand that some of the circumstances that they're going through, or some of what they've experienced with their family, it's it's not um, a hopeless situation, but it's it called something. Um, and, and the rationale behind actually having that conversation is to be able to identify it so that they can begin to um, the healing process. Um, We talk about, uh, in the beginning, I talk about a lot of our young people are either justice involved or impacted by the justice system. Whether it's a parent, a family member, a close relative, or a friend, the community at large has had a huge impact by the criminal justice system, Um, and oftentimes we look at a justice involvement or the criminal justice system as in, um, in isolation and not as a sy- symptom of trauma. So the conversation with the young people is allowing them to understand that we can prevent further justice involvement if we begin to work on how trauma has impacted our lives so that we can avoid the repetition of, of justice involvement so that they don't have to continue the cycle of, of criminal activity or being involved with, uh, involved with the justice system.
8: Leander? want the audience to understand is, is that while um, it may look like we have separate segments here, these things all fold, to, fold together in terms of what we're trying to do in terms of a community. Uh, for instance, yesterday Governor Fox was and, and um, Mr. Arminio were watching the end of a basketball game, and there was a young man there that was, was kind of acting out, talking about going home to go get something, and we all know what that means. And what happens is they got to see... Firsthand, how how the intervention of coaches as mentors, as well as just counselors as mentors, all works together, and and that's how we got together with Miss um, uh, Ford because she was pushing the idea of martial arts. Because there, you know, there are different kinds of mentors. Some t- some of, some of the greatest mentors and some of the greatest teachers are actually coaches, which I'm quite sure the governor will speak to later.
5: And we believe very strongly in. And, and coaches as mentors and as leaders, as, as role models. Uh, this is I run a large organization myself, Lightning Basketball. And um, we emphasize to our coaches in our ongoing training that the kids look up to them. They have such an important role in their lives. They're not just somebody that teaches the technical aspects of the sports. They have such respect. That's where the name coach comes from. So, so this is a very important role where kids can... Come forward, trust them, and, and they have to respond very favorably and very actively to that, that calling out at times for help.
1: Mm.
8: One of the things I'd like to say is one of the powerful things about the FIRE program and what um, Ms. Ford is talking about, about trauma is, is that it creates a community in terms of having a set language that we're all using because a lot of people have taught self-defense before. But what happens is when you just look at the acronyms for FIRE, mm-hmm. when you look at the fact that we're talking about the worst trauma, there are things in these communities that everyone needs to be talking about and we actually understand. Sometimes we're disagreeing about stuff that we really should be agreeing about because we haven't defined what the actual definitions are of what we're talking about.
3: Let me, if I, if I may, define uh, martial arts. Most people look at martial arts as learning martial arts as you're learning how to become more... Uh, destructive to become uh, more aggressive to learning how to you know to kick and punch and to hurt hurt someone but the reality is uh, the martial art the concepts that we're talking about it's based on an idea called Budo it's a boo is a is a martial way and and, and the idea of Budo is is uh, strengthening of one's character as well as one uh, through one's strengthening of one's body so the whole idea behind martial arts is not to teach just the ability to kick and punch and violence, but to be able to control yourself and control your emotions.
1: Okay. We're going to hold that thought. We have to take a pause for our top of the hour update, some messages. We'll come back. Uh, Rokisha, if you can hang in there with us um, as well. We'll talk more with you. We have other other guests who are going to join us on our program on the fan this Sunday morning. dot com It is Sunday morning on WFAN. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. Long after our 8 o'clock update is Rick Wolf with the Sports Edge program. After 9 this morning, Ed Randall is by. He'll be talking baseball here on The Fan. Always a fun time when that happens. We are in a discussion talking about the work of AAU, AAU sports in the New York metropolitan area, some of the work with the AAU Uh, urban and uh, community initiative as well. We have a number of guests who have joined us and are going to be joining us in the course of our program. Um, We roll until eight on uh, Sunday mornings, at least for the very near future. Be A little bit of change in that coming at some point in the month of uh, April. But for now, we're a two-hour program. Yay! And um, in studio with us, we have Joe Mirza, who is CFO, National Treasurer of AAU, National Chairman of AAU Karate. Um, in studio as well, Reverend Leander Hardaway, who is Lieutenant Governor, AAU in New York. And uh, joining us in studio uh, on our program is Dr. John Mannon, who is President of the New York State Jazz Literacy and Art Society. Dr. Manin, it is it's nice to meet you. Nice to have
9: you join us on our program. Good morning. Good morning. It's a great pleasure to be with you. Bob, this morning.
1: Definitely an honor to have you with us. We'll get in into talk with, talking with you about uh, some of your work as well. And um, we also have, uh, joining us by phone in our program, she joined us in the latter portion of our 6 o'clock hour, Rokisha Ford, who is Deputy Director of the Living Redemption Youth Opportunity Hub in Harlem. Um, now, Joe Merza, you had made a point just before we paused for our update and messages I think I kind of cut you off a little bit. Would you pick up, back up on that?
3: Uh, yes, sir. We were discussing uh, the concept of uh, martial arts. That we're bringing martial arts programming to uh, to an area where we want to prevent violence. Mm-hmm. The whole, uh, you know, we're uh, we're there to bring harmony and bring uh, cooperation and the ability for uh, relationships to flourish within a community and for, uh, for good work being done. And, and a lot of times there's a misconception about martial arts that martial arts are uh, kicking and punching and uh, throwing and grappling, and yes, they are. But that the essence of martial arts, the essence of Budo is learning to control your violence, to control yourself through learning through your body, through your development of your skills, if I have, if I have, if I know I have the ability to do something, we teach you not only do you have the ability to do something, but you have the ability to control yourself and not to do it, and that's the essence of martial arts. Martial arts, uh, in itself, just kicking and punching, is violent, but what also comes along with martial arts is the idea of propriety, the idea of perseverance, the idea of respect, the idea of honor, the idea of doing the right thing. If martial arts lacked that, I would never do martial arts personally. The key to martial arts is the ethics that it teaches, not the physical skills. And that is what we're bringing in the AAU, and that's the whole idea behind us to bring into the urban initiative, into Harlem and into the New York metropolitan area. We want to teach control, how to control yourself. We want to teach respect. Because when you put yourself in front of another person that is doing a technique against you, you have to trust them. Mm-hmm. And, you have to, and that person has to respect you. And you have to respect them because you are putting yourself in their hand. Well, trust and that's is one of the keys into when you learn martial arts, where respect is brought. Because if you don't trust and you don't respect me, it's not going to work, is it?
1: No, definitely not. Um, questions for Rokisha? Anybody? In the course of uh, uh, this discussion?
8: Ms. Ford, what happens is we've been having a series of conversations uh, about AAU and the relationship between uh, Living Redemption... Uh, Youth Opportunity Hub, can you uh, expand on what you see happening in the future with that union between AAU and the hub?
10: Certainly. Um, We are, first of all, very
7: excited to be partnering and working and implementing AAU. Um, The first program, of course, that we want to get started right away is the FIRE program. And as Joe mentioned, um, what that's going to do for it, particularly our young ladies, we have a subgroup at Living Redemption called Sisters Saving Souls, and that's for all the young female members of the Youth Opportunity Hub. And much of what they're lacking is the self-esteem, the self-worth, because of a lot of their trauma. We want to um, restore that, and we see fire as a way to give them the empowerment, the discipline, the voice, um, and Joe really nailed it when he talked about um, when, when you learn a skill um, and then you become disciplined about it, it, it increases peace and decreases the violence. So, just allowing the young ladies to have this tool um, and then become trainers of this tool, and watching it expand throughout Harlem in this way, um, and having the community leaders take ownership of it, I think it's going to have such a great impact overall on just the the health of the mental health of the young women in our community. Um, Fire is is the first tool we want to in- implement, and we're also trying to bring in a flag football, team, as well as we want to bring jump rope and double-dutch back into Harlem as a competitive sport. Um, we're also looking to implement a basketball, a full basketball program, and a chess program. So those are just a few of the many um, in the near future programs from AAU that we're looking to bring into Harlem through the Living Redemption Youth Opportunity
10: Hub.
1: That's very, very impressive. I want to thank you for joining us on our program. Sharing some insights on um, the work of Living Redemption Youth Opportunity Hub in uh, Harlem, we certainly wish you the best with uh, your work and with your efforts. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Thank you. Very interesting uh, discussion that we are having, talking about um, the work of AAU and talking about AAU sports in the New York metropolitan area. In just a couple moments, we'll also um, work in uh, the Honorable Cordell Clear in um, our discussion, but uh, Reverend Hardaway, would you talk a little bit about um, Dr. Mannon who has joined us uh, in studio?
8: Yes, um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was having uh, lunch with uh, Governor Jim Fox at the uh, New York Athletic Club, and uh, he uh, had uncovered some opportunities where some 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 grassroots organizations that were really dealing with young people had had a possibility of getting some funding. And so what happens is I got involved with that. He asked me to look into it. And so what I did was uh, I, I brought uh, Dr. Manan in. And what happens is is that what we find is is that there are limitations to what AAU does. So a lot of times when you're putting together this network of organizations, people get the wrong impression about various things. Obviously, you need money to be able to make certain things work. Mm-hmm. So what happens is is that what we're trying to do now is, is that if you've got a relationship working with AAU and what you do in the church or uh, a secular organization, what happens is what we try to do is to work and provide the technical assistance for the, through the New York State jazz, even though it sounds like jazz, it's more than just jazz, to work with those organizations in developing the wherewithal to go out and get grants funding in New, York's, in, in, in New York.
1: Now, New York State, jazz literacy and Arts society which we mentioned earlier you're
9: president of how do you describe what the society is all about well we're about the promotion preservation uh of jazz music as an american treasure um literacy as well as, as the arts and we're particularly interested in uh, dealing with bringing together uh people in the arts and preserving the idea of the social man being enhanced. In other words, the we bring together musicians who preserve, who uh, promote the art. We bring together people who are also artists and other other disciplines, and uh, we are addressing a couple of things. One is the attack on the human imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a very we have a very technological advanced society. Imagination is, is under assault uh, in our society. And um, the idea of working together. Uh, the social man has been attacked in the in, a, a way that uh, families can be living in the same place. Communities of people live by the thousands, but they have little interaction with each other, uh, except through media. And so, so we, get, we get imprisoned by our own cells, our own cell phones. Um, <laughs> my daughter rather text me than call me, but I would rather hear her voice. So we're we're, we're addressing that, and um, we see uh, jazz in particular as an institution that where African Americans and others have come together and, and expressed themselves, and each, each person has a, a creative voice in in the jazz society, and it converts, it confers dignity. And identity on the musicians that enhances their idea of of being human, and to be human is to be a, a being of excellence and dignity and distinction. So when I I, I actually studied martial arts under Sensei Bolo, Leonardo Hardaway, and I see the I see um, martial arts as a way of bringing people together to interact as a team, and if society is going to be surviving. Uh, and advancing, we have to think of ourselves as communities and as teams of people working together uh, to to enhance our future and to shape the future. So um, the other aspect of what we try to do is to bring economic economic development, mm-hmm. economic in, infusion into what we try to do, so we can um, you know be be viable. Uh, and so we would like to be involved in helping what AAU is doing in terms of getting sponsors from the community economic sponsors from the community whether they be lawyers or, um, or uh, corporations etc and we do this with jazz as well with our festivals or free festivals we get, we get sponsors from different parts of the economic community so the book in a nutshell we are um, very supportive of what uh, aau is doing and it's, it's, it's a way to bring people together in our community and to enhance the to the social man, and not just the individual. Um, there's, of course, there is human excellence, which is one of our goals, but on not just on individual level, but on the level of the team and the social order. Because after all, there is a, a saying and they say in Africa. They say, "Banding together, the ants beat the elephant."
1: <laughs> that is something to think, think yeah. about as you progress through your day. <laughs> when you. That's the, the visual with that is, is I think, <laughs> perhaps the thing that really strikes me <laughs> as you say that, too. Um, when you talk about this idea of AAU's urban initiative, and we, you know, we talk about urban initiative, but it's really urban and community initiative. It's one of the things we were talking about before we started uh, program at this point.
3: Yeah, it's uh, w- when when I originally started this program uh, up in Albany. This is Joe Mercer speaking. Um, thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, uh, it was called the uh, County Initiative mm-hmm. because it, we were working with uh, within the county because there's as many poor children in the counties in uh, rural areas as there are in uh, urban areas, and and the serve our services to all of them. The key the key is that what we want these people to do is to join our gang the AAU before they join someone else's gang that's the key because properly structured sports not just martial arts properly structured and I emphasize that uh, it's a way for socialization it's a way to learn cooperation it's a way to learn to be competitive it's a way a gateway to excellence and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's character development. I talked about character development in Budo and martial arts. Mm-hmm. Sports develops character. Sports develops how to cooperate. Sports teaches you how to win graciously, but more importantly, how to lose graciously. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. teaches you, when you fall down, how to get up. Because in, in life, we're all going to fall down. I don't care how successful you are or who you are and how great of an athlete or a person you are. You need to learn how to get up. And that's the key of sports, to teach.
1: We have more in our course of our discussion on our program this Sunday morning. Radio. We're in a discussion on a program, and it's um, a doozy of a discussion because we've been talking about AAU sports, the AAU Urban Initiative, Urban and Community Initiative uh, program as well. A lot of guests have joined us uh, in studio. The Sports Edge with Rick Wolf follows our 8 o'clock update. Ed Randall's talking baseball is long after our 9 o'clock update on the fan. One of the guests who's in studio with us is Reverend Leander Hardaway. You wanted to make a point?
8: Uh, Yes. Um, One of the things I want to bootstrap off of what Chairman Merza was talking about. Um, we look at teams. I think that one of the great things about the Urban Initiative is, is that we look at teams in a two-tier situation. You've got teams. You've got volleyball teams. we got basketball teams. We've got karate teams. we got that. But what happens is, in order to make this thing work, there's a level of teamwork that has to be done with organizations. For instance, we're one of the organizations that we work with is the American Clergy Leadership Conference. Um that's an interfaith clergy organization that encompasses Christians, Jews, Muslims. Okay, and so what happens is you don't find that level of cooperation in the so-called real world between those different groups working together. Right. Then you have we have different secular organizations that work together. So the whole concept of making the Urban Initiative work. Because you have such a, a, a melting pot of people in organizations in urban areas that they have to look at themselves as actually a team. Just like we were talking about before, having a common language, having a common goal, having a common mission. So the Urban Initiative serves a dual purpose of bringing young people together under the umbrella of sports and understanding teamwork, which will help them later. And it also helps adults to understand that they, even though we have the greatest of individual missions, it doesn't work unless we meld our, our uh, collective talents together to get the job done. Hmm.
1: All right. Our next guest up by phone is uh, Kevin Hanley. Would you introduce Kevin?
8: Yes, I met Mr. Hanley in a bodega and I thought he was someone else because <laughs> he has dreadlocks. And so we just uh, started a conversation and one thing led to another. Um, and I took an interest in what he was doing with uh, his kids. He's the president of an organization, called One Village, One Voice, and he's working hard up there. He has a program that basically meets once that meets once a week, and he's trying to put like eight programs into one, one day, so he's struggling to get that done. And what happens is he kind of represents what the Urban Initiative is all about. We're trying to get organizations and people who are trying to help these kids and doing the best they can to come together with what we're doing with AAU so we can create a stronger. We can bring up We can create a stronger unity and move forward on the mission of Open kids. And you see, I got distracted because I'm thinking
1: about well, who was this that you thought he was uh, in this in this bodega <laughs> when, when you said that? That completely distracted Wonder, me there. But uh, Kevin, first of all, <laughs> welcome to our program here on the Fan. Good morning.
2: Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. What has the experience been like? My experience is well first how we uh the name of the program is called One Village, One Voice. Um my experience there first how we got started was I started with four kids. It was two of my kids and two other children from the neighborhood trying to get something started for these kids that had nothing to do. So we went into a church and started a little basketball program. Not even to be a program, just a little basketball team just to have fun and, you know, enjoy basketball. And then as the kids started rolling in, I said, wow, this is great. So we went from four to 10 to 20 to about 40 kids coming in there. And I partnered up with uh, uh, um, a friend of a friend who was so into basketball and so into the kids. His name is Siobhan Johnson. And we came together and started a program, and we called it One Village, One Voice. From then on, we went from basketball to health to chess, um, boxing, youth roundtable talk, and now we're implementing um volleyball, and a number of other programs we have in the making. And now we have about a hundred kids that come in and out of our program every Saturday.
1: All right, I got to ask a question. i I've brought this up before on this program. Why is chess so big? What what is going on here that chess is so big with kids?
2: Well, with chess, it's about strategy, decision making um using your mind and how to figure things out. You could take chess into your and, and you could take chess and bring it into what you want to bring it about to. So that's why we wanted to bring chess to the kids and let them have their own way of thinking and figuring out strategies and put it into their own form.
8: Leander, also it goes back to the chairman, uh Chairman Mercer was talking about what happens is is that chess is really a game of war. And what happens is it allows you to sublimate what you normally would do violently but you put it into a strategic context in terms of how you plan your action. so that's that's the boo and buddha so what happens is is that when you're sitting there you're actually having a
3: match with someone else and no one gets hurt it's uh, it's it's a great uh vehicle for you to show your personality you know, to playing defensively or playing offensively, and how you play and the strategy that goes into it—it's a very intriguing game. Most, uh, it's you know, historically, uh, many many great uh, leaders and warriors and generals have have played chess uh, as a way of sharpening their mind. Uh, it's important is that uh, the idea of the urban initiative is to have the children from the neighborhood become athletically included within the community that's the whole uh, crux of this whether it's through chess which we don't think we call would not call as athleticism but it is it still is teaching you uh how to compete uh on a on a a different level on a different level on here so it's very 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 interesting game very interesting game it
9: also teaches us uh how to solve problems looking at both sides it's like when you get ready to go to court you prepare your opponent's case as well as your case And this is how you approach drivers, look at all sides of the issue before you make that move and uh, deal with consequences of your actions. And another thing which I was very impressed by with the AAU is that uh, it is combating a very, very uh, pernicious myth that's permeated American society. And the victims of those myths have been mostly minority communities. The, The myth of the rugged individual, rugged individualism. Rugged individualism doesn't win. Games, it's teams that win games. When the team wins, everybody gets, everybody gets the, you know, Stephen Marbury, whoever it is, can score 50 points, but the team still lose. We're not talking about rugged individuals. We're talking about teamwork and cooperation among people in the community and cooperation with the institutions and stakeholders in the community, the police department, you know, um, the, the economic fe- uh, businesses in the community, and ha- seeing the community as a team winning at life. And uh, what we want to win at is,
3: is at life itself. So true, and even even a step beyond. Sports provides a family, whether it's their first family that they're going to get, or or, their, or just a second secondary family for them to work with. So it's a sense of family that that this brings that brings to the individual, and it's uh, more than a team, a family, uh, a, a belonging, and that's. Very important, very important to to our to our to to the youth today, or to the society. It's needed. Kevin, is one village,
1: one voice also, um, in a way, a sense of hope
2: for the it's, kids. It's definitely a sense of hope of kids. Every Saturday, they're taking something with them. At least most of the kids are taking something with them. We're also a mentoring program as well. Um, we also outsource to other. Uh, of the programs that, like if we're doing uh, things for job searching, we'll have another program come and tell the kids how, to, how they should dress, how they should present themselves, and also teach them about um, job experience. We also outsource to the banks to teach kids how to use a bank book or basically how to, how to bank in the banking system, which we live in today.
1: And that's something that's not taught in schools, But obviously, it is something that is very key for people just in surviving in life itself.
2: It definitely is. And that's what we're bringing to our community, and we're trying to bring it to as many communities as we can.
1: When you think of where you would like to see the organization's work go with One Village, One Voice,
2: what do you see ahead? Well, our goal and what's, uh, what I see ahead is an after-school program. I would like to get one village, one voice into a school community where we're hands-on with the kids in the school. And for me, I look to the schools that are lacking. I don't want to be in a perfect – I would like to be in a nice, perfect school, but that's not where we want to put our main hard work. And we want to go into the schools that's having the most problems, the most fights, the most gang violence we're willing to put ourselves there where we can be the most effective
1: because you see yourself as an organization as being most effective there
2: well we are we are effective in the community we're in now, so we we're in a community in the North Bronx on White Plains Road where there's no not too many uh Community centers or should I say rarely any community centers? And right now, um, we have kids that's just coming in pouring in where we at we could hold over 250 kids and It seems right now that we're outgrowing this uh, Where we're holding our um, youth program So we're definitely we definitely uh, need to find another space or have a couple of spaces to operate the programs And this is just sort of Saturday so our main goal is, uh, is to basically um, be functioning in a, in a, as a non—I mean, not as a non-profit. We are a non organization, but to be um, in an after-school program five to six days a week. A Saturday program and five days of the after-school program.
1: What do the kids say they get out of it?
2: They get a lot. Um, I have a girl— a young girl that came uh, started with us, she caught the basketball with her face. This is how she would play basketball. She would get mad with the boys, and they throw the ball too hard. And she broke a couple, of, a couple of pair of glasses that her mom got mad about. And right now, through the training and through the confidence we gave her and um, her gaining confidence on her own as being a part of this program, she's playing in her college and she's um she became the defensive player of the year her first year went from playing went from starting on i mean coming off the bench to being um a starter and this is her third year now she's the captain of a basketball team so what we do also is we take a lot of the kids that don't get accepted to basketball teams don't get accepted to uh play on a school team and we train them and we get them where they want to be. We ask them, where do you want to be? And then we get them to the, where they want to be. So we have a lot of kids that came in there that couldn't play basketball too much, and they but they knew what they wanted, and we got them to basically play on their teams in the long run.
1: Very impressive. Anybody with any questions for um, Kevin and One Village, One Voice? Leander? Uh, Kev, um, yes. can uh-huh. you talk
8: about uh, – recently we were talking about the – the idea of uh, integrating the uh, AAU volleyball, which is really the fastest growing sport, It's really the largest sport now. Um, that this has eclipsed boys basketball as the most popular sport in AAU. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Chairman Mercer.
3: Yeah, volleyball is a is the largest uh, sport in the AAU. It's uh, it has incredible growth in the last uh, decade. As a matter of fact, uh, this year our junior volleyball championships in Orlando drew 45,000 athletes competing at a a national championships. That's an incredible number. Wait a minute.
1: Hang on for a second.
3: 45,000 athletes? 45,000 athletes, over 2,800 teams, 1.2 million square feet of space, I think over 200 volleyball courts, I think over 10 days. It's incredible. It's uh, uh, the only uh, event that brings uh, larger economic impact to Orlando Mm. is the Super Bowl. Mm. So it's it's big. That's intense. The the AAU is uh, the largest amateur sports organization in the world, in the United States definitely, but probably in the world as well also uh, by our numbers. Most people claim millions and millions, but these are we have actual due-paying members that are you know that join the AAU, which for which they receive practice insurance. We buy them. We give them every kid that joins the AAU for their fourteen-dollar card gets practice insurance. That if they're if they get hurt, we cover them. If they have insurance, we become their secondary insurance. So it's it, it's a it's a we're we're a, we're a phenomenal uh, uh, organization with a heart. That's the key. And, and, the whole, and, and the whole idea behind the Urban Initiative and the AAU CARES program and the AAU PLAY programs and all the things that we're doing is to show that we're here to help our communities and not just the affluent community that can afford to travel to these interna- international, international events that we participate in, but within, within every, every socioeconomic spectrum. We're here. To help athletes, we help children, to help the youth of our country. They're our most precious resource, is the youth. That's all we have. It's not, it's not how much uh, money we, we have. Our most precious asset is our youth, and we need to be working with them.
1: The voice of Joe Mirza, who is a CFO, National Treasurer of AAU, and National Chairman of AAU Karate. We're talking about the work of AAU, AAU Sports in New York metropolitan area. number of guests with us in studio by phone. We'll come back, do the homestretch portion of our program on the fan this Sunday morning. We're in a discussion talking about the work of AAU, AAU Sports in the New York metropolitan area, a number of guests who've joined us in studio and by phone. Um, by the way, back to the phone to Kevin Hanley, who's president of One Village, One Voice. Kevin, I don't know, did you get a chance to respond? I think you may not have.
2: No, no, make, I... The point about I, volleyball, right? Right, right. I did. My name is Kevin, Kevin I'm Finley. Kevin Finley. L-A-Y. I'm, yes. Finley, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um... Well, it's funny that, um, it's not funny, but what, when you say volleyball, I went and did a survey. Um, and I asked the kids and mainly the girls, the girls answer to this question. And the question was, um, what kind of programs would you like to see come in the doors of one village, one voice? And the answers I got was mainly volleyballs, mainly from the, mainly from the girls. It was volleyball, and I was like shocked, and I didn't even know that some of the girls already played volleyball in their school, so it was so when he says that uh, volleyball is growing and it's, and it's like surpassed in the AAU uh programs, i, I, I now I could see it I could see exactly where he's coming from uh, firsthand, from the answers I got in my program.
1: So obviously there's the enthusiasm there on their part uh, for this. Uh, do you see yes. that, gr- that literally
2: growing? Yes, I definitely do. And that's why we're structuring a volleyball program as we speak.
1: Hmm. Very interesting. I want to thank you for joining us and sharing the insights that you have on One Village, One Voice. Mm-hmm. Certainly the good luck with your efforts. And thank you for uh, joining us on our program this morning.
2: Well, thank you for having
1: us. Thank you. appreciate it. Wonderful. Guest joining us. A lot of folks have been uh, with us on our program. We're going to wrap up um, our program, this portion of it, with guests who we started with in uh, studio on our program this morning, kind of going full circle. Um, Jim Fox, who's the governor with AAU New York, uh, this area of insurance that Joe Mercer mentioned, why has that, or how has that been, I guess, an issue? Um, in some cases
5: so, so many people I mean, with the whole insurance thing out there so many people find themselves in very difficult situations if, if if there's an injury aAU provides the best insurance in the youth sports market sometimes I talk to, oper- to club operators and I say well what are you doing about insurance and they they, they don't consider it they they're dismissive of it and it's it's almost Foolhardy. It is foolhardy. Uh, someone gets injured. Somebody has to be taken care of. Uh, somebody, uh, what they, their family will be put or the guardian will be put in a horrendous uh, financial situation. So insurance is pivotal. We make sure every athlete that we know of is registered and therefore insured. And AAU provides this this great protection, and it's not to be taken lightly. Speak to anyone who's sustained an injury, a family who has to pay for an injury.
3: So this is very important. Insurance is a uh, benefit of membership in the AAU. Uh, it's uh, Accident insurance is provided to every athlete that becomes a member uh, of the AAU as part of their uh, membership fee.
1: And when we're talking about some of the things that we've heard this morning uh, from some of the guests who have uh, joined us. I mean, you know, when you talk about this idea of the Urban and Community uh, Initiative Program, this idea that you started with Mm -hmm. has given birth to so many other
3: paths, ideas, developments. I mean, this literally has exploded. Yes, yes, thank. You. Yes, it has. It's uh, and it's not done. No, you know? <laughs> it's not. It's it's it's, it's not even. Uh, we haven't even scratched the surface. The it all starts with the AAU. I mean, this is the AAU, and in, 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 in I've been a member of the AAU since 1972. I've been an athlete. I've been a coach. I've been an administrator, national sports chair, national al- international athlete, national officer. I've done. I've done many years of the AAU. Mm-hmm. And I stay here because I see the value that it brings to society. I see the value that it brings to the kids. I get the opportunity to work with some of the, who I consider some of the most generous and giving people on earth, like Jim Fox sitting across from me. I mean, an amazing. I mean, New York Metropolitan is blessed to have him as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a governor. And I'm not saying because he's sitting here, but just what he's done as a person, as a human being. We create opportunities because we don't go to a person or to an initiative with our shake their hands with our palm up. Mm -hmm. We we walk to them and we ask them, how can we help you grow? this, This idea of partnership, this idea of cooperation, how can we help you help the same people we're trying to help? We're trying to work. And I think by being open that way, we've, we've received a lot of positive response from, from a lot of different people. They look at us and go, wow, they're looking to do the same thing as we are. And that is really the key. All right. We are joined at this
1: point in our program by our final phone guest. The Honorable Cordell Clear is joining us, New York City District Leader in Harlem Uh, founding member of the Michelle Obama Community Democratic Club. First of all, good morning. Welcome to our program here on The Fan.
10: Good morning. How are you? Very well, thank
1: you. This is Bob Solter. We have our guest from AAU um, Sports uh, here with us on our program. This discussion, this idea of um, AAU's work in terms of the Urban and Community Initiative Program, what do you see this meaning? How do you see this in terms of being beneficial in the lives of underserved kids?
10: Well, anything that uh, positively occupies young people who are brilliant, who are just vessels ready, waiting, uh, you know, to be to be open, it, it, it's helpful because um, anybody who feels they're good at something wants to protect that something. And I think opportunities like sports Definitely provides a way for people to focus on something, um, uh, learn something, uh, do something that makes them a part of something else, and it makes them, uh, you know, it encourages them to protect their bodies, protect themselves, and um, you know, I just, I just like the idea of fostering good fitness habits early. You know, in our community at older ages and even at younger ages, you know, there's a huge disparity for every uh, disease uh, you could think of. And and many diseases, uh, sports and being active and using your body uh, uh, helps stave that off and prevent that from happening. And I just don't think there are enough opportunities for young people to get out of the apartments that we live in. We have an increasingly growing city. Um, Spaces are smaller. Uh, We need opportunities for young people and even older people to get out and and be fit. But right now we're talking about young people. And also sometimes these sports, I realize, are very hard to get into. Sometimes it's it's a financial burden for families uh, to get into sports and to do things. So I think that if you have an entity that can encourage that and just help families be able to do that, that that's definitely going to be better for our young people.
1: Very interesting um, response. When you think about this whole idea of the Urban and Community Initiative in um, being involved in supporting efforts in Harlem, various portions of uh, Harlem, and throughout New York City. What is that going to really mean for, for the community in terms of the way in which um, not only the young people are able to hopefully thrive, but for the community itself?
10: Well, certainly it, um, sports uh, can lead to other opportunities in life. Um, you know, everybody... Doesn't necessarily get the contract to play for the team, but they, everybody doesn't know that there are other opportunities uh, to work in sports uh, and through other careers. Um, and I think that something like this will, will, will open the eyes and will expose uh, people to uh, to other other careers that they can choose. And you know, we are facing huge unemployment rates in in in, in this community, uh, even though other. Parts of the city may be doing well. Uh, the black community always, in particular, suffers from low unemployment rates, and I think that this this opens up another channel. So that's one way in which it helps the community. Um, I think if we can expose children to understanding, uh, you know, there, there's other paths to go down, and you can still do something that you really, really love and be involved in something that you really love. Uh, I think that that's helpful.
3: All right, Joe, And you have a question? Joe Mirza? I just was going to add on to uh, to Ms. Cordell's uh, comments. The AAU not, uh, provides opportunity within the community, but here's one thing that also the AU does provide. It provides the ability and the avenue for for competition beyond the community, which exposes the community to the outside world. Uh, the AAU has... Uh, is, is this is the gateway to competing at district level, at level, at national level, at international level? Mm-hmm. So so that opportunity is is given to the to the athletes, and part of the uh, part of the urban initiative is for us to allow uh, qualifiers within a within the community that we are going to come and help them to continue in a higher level of competition. There's phenomenal, there's so many phenomenal athletes that don't get the opportunity to participate at a national or international level competition. And we want to open that door for them through our program. And, the Metropolitan District has been very, very supportive of this. They're going into the into and looking at these athletes, saying, oh, "My goodness, this athlete could play at, at a regional level, at a national level." And they've looked at this, and this is something that we think is a important uh, part of what the AAU brings to this program. Very interesting discussion.
1: The Honorable Cordell Clear uh, joining us on our program, New York City District Leader in Harlem, a founding member of the Michelle Obama Community Democratic Club. Thank you for uh, joining us on our program. Uh, certainly the best continued with your efforts, but thank you for sharing some of your thoughts with us this morning, too. Thank you. On our program, we just have a minute or two left uh, here in discussion. Um, with the Urban and Community Initiative Program. What do you want our listeners to remember as we wrap up in a takeaway from this? And I guess, is there one thing, two things that kind of would stand out? Literally, we've got a minute left here.
5: I'll be quick. Uh, just that the AAU is, is reaching out. And Look, we love our basketball. We have our district championships, which is the best. Uh, in a country, you know, every player is anybody who's played in our district championships. But also, it's more than just basketball. And we, it's, it, it's the reaching out to the youth and their parents and, and people who love sports that bring sports together with community, the betterment of everybody, community.
4: And if everybody wants to get just a better idea of AAU sports, they can go to uh, aausports.org and see all the different sports that are available and see what they can bring to their communities.
3: I would say become involved and participate. You live here. This is our community. Be engaged. Very interesting discussion.
1: AAUsports.org, the website that was mentioned. number of guests have joined us in the course of our program this morning. A tip of the hat to everybody who has joined us. Literally, I think we set a record for the number of people... On this program in two hours, in all the years that I've been doing this. How on earth did that happen? Well, on our program on Sunday mornings, we hopefully have some fun and bring you some good information. Hopefully, you enjoyed our discussion today. You will enjoy the program that follows Mr. Minko's 8 o'clock update that is Rick Wolf's Sports Edge program. And then, well, at um, 9 o'clock, um, enjoyment. I think that pretty much sums it up. Ed Randall will be by. He'll be talking baseball here on The Fan.
0: (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact.